Information shared on the following program is for general information purposes only. It does not constitute legal, tax, investment, or other advice, nor is it intended to recommend any particular investments, products, or financial instruments. Always seek advice from your financial advisor, attorney, or accountant with regard to investment, legal, or tax questions. It's not about the shoes. It's about knowing where you're going. What is the secret to a successful retirement? Well, obviously, it's not about the shoes. Welcome to the only show in the country dedicated to helping savers worry less about money. The Worry-Free Retirement with your host, Tony Walker. If you got it, you don't need it. If you need it, you don't got it. You don't get it. Shame on you. Funny, funny, funny what money can do them that have it. Get more of it, the less they need it, the more they love it, and it sticks to them like glue. Funny, funny, funny what money can do. Welcome to the Worry-Free Retirement, folks, and I am that little man in the sweater vest, retirement planning specialist and fiduciary, Tony Walker. And today we are continuing our even deeper dive into our pyramid of misdirection. Uh, today's topic is the second tactic used by the financial world to get and keep our money. And that is ironically making us believe that the secret to success is having more of it. Uh, the financial scoreboard we'll be talking about and how they track our successful, so-called successful retirement uh, as we meander along and uh, as Michael Jordan just quoted in the opening, thinking it's always about the shoes. Well, a good show coming up, but uh, we, we must introduce America's favorite financial sidekick, along with his sidekick, uh, helping produce the show, Megan Murphy, Aaron Orander. How you doing, Aaron? Hey, good morning, sir. I'm doing good. And yourself? Good. I heard you talking to Megan. You said you wanted an announcer effect on your mic. I didn't yeah, know yeah. It's a special effect on the mics. Makes oh. it sound more like a radio announcer. How come I don't get one of those? You got it. Oh, I do have it on oh, there. Okay, yeah. good. I just we wouldn't we wouldn't I, leave you out. Okay, I just want to remind you who's writing the checks around here, and I thought I'd been left out. So no, Megan, we wouldn't don't let leave him you do out. that to me again. It made me nervous. I felt like, hey, see, well, here I am. I'm already keeping score. See, this is the point, folks. You got to keep your eye on the ball here. You know, today we're going to be talking a lot about sports, but even if you're not a sports aficionado, please, please stay tuned because I'm going to make sense of this and. This, to me, is one of the most important topics we could cover because what you're going to discover, we've been talking about this concept of the herd mentality and following the herd and what's supposed to be a success and what's not. And we want to kind of highlight, among many things we'll cover today, but highlight in the game of basketball two of the most successful people ever to be associated with basketball. First, we're going to start with one of the winningest coaches of all time. Give you a hint, Aaron. This person is now deceased. Um, he coached out on the West Coast for years. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think you're talking about uh, Wooden. John right? Wooden. Very John good. Wooden. Now, this is more opinion, but to me, I think I've got a pretty good perspective on basketball. And we're going to also, uh, well, I kind of gave that away, I guess. The quote we heard at the original was, who was that, obviously? That was Jordan. Yeah, Michael Jordan. To me, I just, I mean, I know everybody talks about today's basketball players, but in terms of winning, his hard work, his fortitude, um, his attitude, um, and if you really listen to a lot of his interviews, just a really cool guy, the way his perspective on things. So we got the winningest basketball coach, or one of the winningest basketball coaches in history, John Wooden, who uh, actually, did you realize he started out in Kentucky? 
You know, we were talking about that the other day, and I did not know that originally. I didn't either. I didn't know that originally. Yeah, let me look at my notes here. I think uh, Trey, my favorite son-in-law, looked this up. Dayton, Kentucky. Dayton, Kentucky. Do we even know where that is? Do we is? have listeners in Dayton? Dayton, are you, are <laughs> Hello, you there? Hello, Dayton. Dayton, are you out there? Are you out there? <laughs> uh, Dayton, Kentucky. And this was what was interesting. We were reading a little bio on Wooden. His first season with this little Dayton, Kentucky team back in 1932. Ironically, that's when my granddad went to work with Bell South. That is kind of weird. My granddad climbed telephone poles with Bell South in 1932. Uh, kind of wooden back then was riding the pines a little bit. You know, those benches back there were wood. Anyway, but he starts out with the Dayton Green Devils. I love that. And he only won, it looks like, it, I think it was three games. He lost almost every game he played. In his first season. First season, 1932. And here's what he said following that season. He was quoted as saying, I learned during that season what not to do. Mm -hmm. Okay. Pretty cool. I mean, that's to me, that's just wisdom. Okay, whatever I did wasn't working. What was not working? And folks, that's what we're going to talk about today in retirement planning. Many of you, and you'll see this later, are doing things and you don't know how badly these things are going to hurt you one day. You're keeping track of what I call the financial scoreboard. An example, the financial scoreboard might be your 401k statement. And granted, I mean, we, we always commend people who are saving in their 401k. The 401k, we have never denied this, is a great, great savings tool. It's a wonderful tool. The problem is it's a lousy planning tool because what happens is that scoreboard's running up. Right now, if you've been in the stock market the last four years, man, you've got a lot of money in your 401k plan. It looks like you're way out in the lead there. You're winning the game. You're being successful. But remembering money. You know, the game of basketball money is the same way. The game's not over until it's over. So even though, let's say you're getting ready to retire, even though you got way in the six figures in your 401k plan, folks, if that's in the stock market, we talked about risk two weeks ago, that doesn't determine the final score, right, Aaron? I mean, the market could crash on you, and all of a sudden you lose the game. And then later on in today's show, we're also going to talk about what happens to that tax tumor when you die, and we're going to describe something today called a stretch IRA and try to help you understand how important it is to look at beneficiaries uh, before you just go slapping names down on that 401k and why that is so important. So fast forward to the national championships that Wooden had. He had several of them at UCLA. And what Wooden determined was that success, this is interesting. Again, this is one of the winningest coaches of all time. You would think he would say success is based on your number of wins, right? Aaron, I mean, yep. now he was all about winning, don't get me wrong. He obviously didn't like losing, or he wouldn't have learned what not to do. So he wanted to win. We're not talking about not winning, folks. We're saying, though, that is really not the measure of success. Um, he, he just recognized that the scoreboard was something to at least monitor how you're doing. That's all the scoreboard was. In fact, it brings back memories of me, Aaron. I did, as you know, you've seen all these footages I've shared with you of Back in the yesteryear of me coaching a lot of AAU basketball, that's yeah. travel, travel ball, and my youngest son, Anthony. I did it with all three kids, but Anthony, I guess because he was the last, I had more time. You know, we did more travel. We were all over the place, Memphis and St. Louis and Disney World, playing basketball. But I never will forget, we went down to Memphis to play, and we had a good little team. Uh, we, didn't, we weren't a big team. We were a good shooting team. We played a slowdown game. Uh, I won't get into all the nuances of how I played with these kids, but I, we knew our game, right? We had a game plan when we went in. Well, we ran into this team from Arkansas, and I noticed they just looked a little older. They were bigger. <laughs> they just had that look. All the kids had mustaches. Uh, they were yeah, just they, older. Uh, 
And I'm telling you, man, they came out of the starting gate running, and we tried to keep up with them, which that's not what we normally do. We lost by over 40 points. Ooh. So they were all about hard pressing and oh, Yeah, just and running and fast. gun. And we tried to run and gun, and we got blown out. So we made it to the finals. We were playing good. And we, guess who we meet again in the finals? Obviously this team. And the coach, it was a female coach. This was a boys' team, but she was a female coach. She was pretty cocky. I remember she, we kind of had our benches over by stage. She propped up on the stage and sat there and ate a sucker and didn't even tell the boys what to do. They walked out on the floor, mm. and she's, I, she did the, I think she did that like, we got this, and wanted me to see that. And I said, okay. I changed up my game plan. I went back to what we normally did. I kid you not, we actually went into overtime with this team. Nice. And if we hadn't missed a last-second shot, we would have beat them. We, they ended up beating us. But, but I thought about that. That was one of the remo- most rewarding coaching. I didn't, it wasn't about me necessarily, but coaching a team, one of the most rewarding experiences I've ever had, and we lost. So it wasn't okay. the winning that was the success. It was the success, what Wooden would say, is doing the best you can with what you got. And we did that. That's all you can ask for. So when we come back, folks, let's talk about money a little bit. Let's talk about the question here. Are you doing the best with what you've got? And more importantly, do you even understand the rules you're playing under when you're dealing with the financial world? You're listening to The Worry-Free Retirement. I'm Tony Walker. I'll be right back. Win or lose, games are a blast. But playing around with your retirement is serious business. So don't leave your retirement to chance. Get a retirement game plan from well-known retirement specialist, Tony Walker. Learn how to be worry-free in retirement with a safe and simple game plan that includes mailbox money for life. To meet in person with Tony, log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com. That's TonyWalkerFinancial.com. And now it's time for Tony in the Trenches. Our Tony in the Trenches comes from a person I met the other day uh, who actually, I'm paraphrasing this, but actually had lost a sister. And her question went something like this, Tony, I recently inherited some money from my sister and am realizing how important it is to keep up with the correct beneficiaries. My question is, how do I know which assets go straight to me and which assets will go through what's called probate? Well, basically, folks, this is a great question because what I see, I've done this now 35 years, what I see is beneficiaries are the most misunderstood thing in planning. So let's focus on the 401k. Uh, It could be a 401k, an IRA, uh, pensions, thrift savings accounts, 403bs, even Roth IRAs. Folks, these do not pass through your will. When you die, if you have a named beneficiary, it bypasses the will, which is what you want. You don't want to go through probate. Technically, anything that has to go through the will is probatable. In other words, the courts can put that money on the sidelines. Everybody's notified that you've got the money. In case a creditor comes stepping forward, they can try to come get it, etc. So if you can, obviously, you want to avoid probate. Well, having an IRA or 401k, assuming you have a named beneficiary, automatically avoids probate. This sounds good, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, you just, it immediately passes. Now, there's a problem with that, and we'll see this in the next segment. There's a problem with that. With a beneficiary, okay, use this example. This has actually happened, all right? It happened to one of my clients recently. When I met them, a relative had passed away, all right? The relative 
had divorced and remarried. You with me, Aaron? Okay. Right. Then passed away. Okay. The kids thought they would get this money because the person had divorced and they assumed, okay, well, they're not going to leave it to the spouse. Right. They'll leave it to us. The gentleman apparently had kind of said that. Kids, you're going to get all my money, which when he died, they did. However, they did not get his IRA. Why do you think that was? Because it went to his spouse. And what did he forget to do? He forgot to put that in his will. He, okay. Or you going? No, because it doesn't go through the will. Doesn't go through the will. What did he? What? Uh, what could he have done in the stroke of a pen? He needed to change the. Yeah, he needed to change the beneficiary. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. No. So. So. And and this is good as we role play with Aaron a little bit because most people don't understand. Okay. So again, think about this. In your four hundred one k, if you look right now, hopefully, if you haven't named somebody, I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's your dog Fluffy. Name somebody, because otherwise, it's going to go through probate. So. The beneficiary trumps the will. So even though he had in his will the kids would get everything, the court said, no, no. they're not going to get your IRA, sir, because you left it to your ex-spouse. So folks, you sit there and you think about this. Many of you don't realize that there are four types of assets. There's assets that you own in your own name. There's assets that you could own with joint with right of survivorship. A lot of people do that. Your house, uh, Aaron, is probably owned that way. Do you have a deed? Mm -hmm. Did Jessica show up and sign yep. off on the deed? Okay. So if you were to look at your deed, it would say Aaron and Jessica in survivor. So if you were to die, she automatically gets it. It right. doesn't go through probate because it's going to pass by deed. Same thing with life insurance. IRAs, you need to name a beneficiary. Now, folks, if you haven't done this or not sure of what to do, this would be a good opportunity to contact us at TonyWalkerFinancial.com. Just let us know that you'd like to go over all of your IRAs, 401ks, life insurance policies. We are specialists in helping people understand estate planning. In fact, we've got a brand new service. I meant to mention this. We are going to be able to offer wills and trusts and things like that. Now, we're going to use an attorney. We're not, we're not licensed attorneys, but we're going to facilitate that process and then through that process, make sure all of your beneficiaries are updated as well. So take advantage. If you don't have an updated estate plan, if you want something very simple, something that makes sure all the, all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed, uh, contact us at TonyWalkerFinancial.com. Click on that Let's Get Started and let us know that you would like to update your estate plan and to review all of your beneficiaries. All right, our topic today, we're dealing with sports and how we measure our success. Now in sports, we, we admit, uh, I play a lot of golf too. I mean, you keep score, you have a scorecard. In basketball, there is a scoreboard. So we're not saying, you know, like the six-year-old baseball team, let's give everybody a trophy and not keep score. It's not what we're saying. You, you have to keep score to monitor your progress. The question is, whose scoreboard are you watching when it comes to the financial world? Because back to our topic, all right? The topic is, the pyramid of misdirection and the financial world preaching all the time that you have to have more and more money. I'm going to give you an example of this. All right, years ago, it's been five, six years ago, I was asked to speak at a manufacturing facility. I'd met the HR person. Uh, they said, can you come talk to some of our workers who are nearing retirement about retirement planning? I said, yeah, I'll be happy to. This was over in the E-Town area. But anyway, there was probably 50 people that showed up and I, you know, I had 20 minutes. That was fine. I started diving into the subject matter and intentionally tried to set it up where we had a few questions. And I noticed a lady in the very back of the room sitting at a table, basically looked like she didn't even want to be there. Have you ever been to a meeting like that yourself? Oh, yeah. It's like, okay, why am I even here? You know, listen to this guy talk about retirement planning. I finally just asked her, I said, ma'am, you just look like you'd just soon not be here. And she said, well, that's a pretty good read. You're right. And I said, what's wrong? 
She said, well, I don't really know why I even came to this meeting. Uh, several weeks ago, we had a representative from our 401k to come in to talk to us like you're doing about retirement planning. And he said something to the following. Now, I knew where he was going with this because I've heard this. This is the goofiest notion. I don't know who made this up in the financial world. It's propagated and promoted all the time. But anyway, so here she spouts it back off. She said, he said that you basically need about 80% of your pre-tax income to make it in retirement. And so apparently when he was talking, somebody said, well, give us an example. How much money am I going to have to have? And he was like, oh, you're going to have to have a million dollars or two million. And I said, so how did that make you feel, ma'am? And she said, well, how it made me feel is I'm discouraged. I don't have that kind of money, nor will I ever have that kind of money. And I said, what if I told you that that was the biggest bunch of baloney in the world? She said, what? I said, the, I call it the 80% rule. And she said, well, that would make me feel a lot better. And I said, it is. It's baloney. Don't buy into that. So, folks, what I'm saying is the financial world, obviously, think about this now. They have a huge conflict of interest when they tell you goofy stuff like this. The financial world is going to make you feel like you have to have boatloads of money to make it in retirement. All right? Now, I'm not saying we can't work towards having boatloads of money, but it is really not necessary. In fact, I have people today, people do not believe this, I have people today who are on up in years, you know, 80 plus, that basically are getting by fine on Social Security and a little bit of interest. I know that's hard to believe. They don't have millions of dollars, but they're getting by. So a lot of this whole retirement planning process, when I meet with people, if you'd like to meet with me, we'd go through the same process. The first step of our process is clarifying your vision. What I'm trying to do is figure out what you want. How are we going to measure your success? Forget the scoreboard of the financial world. They're going to tell you you're not doing well. They're going to tell you you're not winning. Uh, they're going to tell you to save more and more with them because that's how they make money. Folks, the typical money manager out there is charging one and a half percent on your money. Now think about this. If I have, if I'm a money manager and I have $500 million under management, and even if I just make 1%, that means I make, not you make, I'm guaranteed to make as a money manager $5 million per year off other people's money. Well, of course they don't want you to take any money out. <laughs> that, that affects them. So yeah, they do better when you do better. They also do better when you do worse. And the goal is they don't want to give up control of that money. You've got to take control. And the way you do that is through a written game plan through someone like me. Uh, now, let me, let me share. You know, we have our own, uh, you know, did you know that uh, John Wooden, you've seen this, haven't you? You ever heard of his pyramid of success? Yes, I've heard of it. Okay, did I, I didn't mention that earlier, did I, on the show? No. Okay, yeah, no. I meant to mention that. This is really cool stuff. We're talking about pyramids a lot today, and even our own Megan Murphy knows a lot about pyramids in her office here. But anyway, John Wooden created the Pyramid of Success, and what's so interesting, Aaron, winning is not even mentioned. Of all the attributes of his success, winning's not even mentioned in this Pyramid of Success. Google it, folks. It's really good stuff. But anyway, I thought, well, everybody else is creating pyramids. I'm going to create a pyramid to coach people and how to make sure they are keeping score based on what they want rather than what somebody tells you you should want. And here they are. There's five pillars that I came up with. First of all, and again, this is what I've witnessed in doing this for over 35 years and working with thousands of people. First of all, find an experienced coach, an experienced advisor. Why in the world, folks, take us, for instance. I mean, there's other great advisors out there, but we've been doing this a long time. Okay, this is all we do. We are retirement planning specialists. We have done literally over four thousand game plans. I mean, Wooden coached in uh, 800 and some odd games. He's got a lot of experience, right? We've done over 4,000 game plans. Why in the world 
would you want to work with a novice or somebody that really doesn't understand retirement planning? And if they've been a financial advisor a long time, that's fine. Ask them to document how many retirement plans they've worked on. See, retirement game plans are not financial plans. Totally different. Uh, we've had to redefine retirement planning over the past 15 years because there was nothing out there. And that's why I created the Worry-Free Retirement. So the first thing is find an experienced coach. Second thing is know thyself. Again, this, this program, folks, is geared, we always say this, it's geared towards savers. That is a personality. A saver is someone, hopefully this is you listening, is someone who is concerned more with the return of their money than on it. I mean, our goal, although the market's done great the last five years, and yes, we have a program through Charles Schwab that I manage that does have some money in the stock market, our goal is first and foremost, protection. Well, if we're going to protect our saver client's money, we cannot expose a lot of that to risk. So that's fine. If you're uh, more of an investor or you're okay speculating with your money, there's nothing wrong with the stock market, and it has done great over the last four to five years. But just remember, none of that stuff on paper is guaranteed. That scoreboard says you're ahead, but you could still end up losing the game because you have risk. Number three, make the most of what you've got. Again, uh, this, is, this is a woodenism, I guess, and I do agree with this. This, this happened the other day. I, yesterday, and I meet with a lot of people. Yesterday, I had someone, Aaron. They were in. They didn't know the fees. Their fees were $2,500 a year. That's how much we're going to save them. He needs life insurance but doesn't want to pay for it. And I said, there's your money. There's your money, yeah. There's $2,500 a year right there. So he thought, wow, this is awesome. So, yeah, I mean, why in the world would you not get your costs down so you could free up your money. In this case, this person was going to pay zero in fees for us to work with him. We got paid a commission, which was paid by the company, worked out good for him. He saves $2,500 a year, and now he's going to provide tax-free life insurance for his family. What a deal. Number four, forget the, the scoreboard that's up there and create your own. That's why we created the Worry-Free Retirement Process. That is our scoreboard. Uh, it's tailored to you. It's personalized. Uh, I oversee these. You get to meet with me if that's what you'd like to do. We have another fiduciary in the office, Heather Hughes, if I'm not available. And we have a staff that's trained to help service the retirement game plan. And then finally, just remember, it's not about the shoes. It's about knowing where you're going. As Michael Jordan says, it's where are you trying to go in life? And I like to say it's not about the money, but where are you trying to go? The money, folks, is just a byproduct of your efforts. Hard work, smart work, knowing thyself, keeping your own scoreboard, all these things will go into a worry-free retirement. I can assure you of that. All right, when we return, I'm going to share with you something called an inherited IRA and what the tax tumor has to do with your game plan possibly falling off the tracks. You're listening to The Worry-Free Retirement. I'm Tony Walker. I'll be right back. Are you retired or retiring soon? With the stock market at an all-time high, do you really think it's wise to risk your 401k plan? Well, I'm retirement specialist Tony Walker, inviting you to my next free workshop, Safeguarding Your 401k from the Next Stock Market Crash, Tuesday, August 13th at 6 p.m. in Georgetown, Kentucky. Learn the secret to a worry-free retirement by attending. Log on now to TonyWalkerFinancial.com. Be as independent as you can, but don't be reluctant 
to ask for help when you think you need it. Well, that's a wonderful clip of a centenarian. A centenarian is a individual who has reached the age of 100. Aaron, you and I were talking before the show. Do you really want to turn 100? I can't. Nope. You just, you had a birthday today, and I won't disclose your age, but if you and I make it to 100, I don't know. But now these, this uh, clip I saw, this guy, this guy was in great shape. He did not look age 100. But again, what did he say? He said, don't be afraid to ask for help when you need it. See, folks, many of you have these 401k plans, thrift savings accounts. Maybe you're retired or retiring soon. You've had maybe some good help in saving money, but you have no clue what to do with it when you retire. And then you certainly don't know what's going to happen to it when you die. If you're just now joining us earlier, we talked about the importance of beneficiaries, making sure that the right beneficiaries are named, something we at Tony Walker Financial help our clients with. Again, if you've had any changes, a divorce, maybe a, unfortunately a child has passed away, maybe you're mad at a child, no pun intended, and you want to kind of cut a little out of it, uh, you can do that. A beneficiary can be set up for any percentage, but remember a beneficiary designation always trumps the will. So that's how things are going to pass. So what I wanted to end with is a case study that we ran into recently, and I want to make sure you understand how the IRA that you own or the 401k is going to pass. And we'll assume that you have your beneficiaries all laid out. Generally what most people do, they have a living spouse. The spouse will be the primary beneficiary. The primary means that when you die, whoever's listed as primary gets it all. Now in addition to that, you always want to make sure and list a contingent beneficiary. Many people do not do this. They just assume that the primary will be alive. Well, what if the primary has died and you forgot to change it? What if uh, you and your spouse are killed in a common accident? could happen. It happens. So all of a sudden you say, well, wait a minute, where's this going to go? Well, if you don't name a contingent beneficiary, it goes right back into probate. Now you got a problem. Now you got Uncle Bob getting in the mix trying to get some of his fair share. So what a contingent beneficiary means is if something happens to your primary beneficiary for whatever reason, then the contingent gets it. So there's some problems with all this though when you get into a 401k or IRA because you've got this darn tax tumor built into the thing and the government always is going to want their fair share. So here's, here's the problem. So let's say you die first, and let's say you're 65 years of age. This happens. I lost a client the other day who's only 64. If your wife, in this case, is the beneficiary, let's say you have $300,000 in an IRA, she gets the $300,000. Now, she does not have to pay taxes. It's a tax-deferred account until she withdraws it. Let's say she's 64. She doesn't need the money. And you don't have to take the money out till you're 70 and a half. So she says, well, I'll just hang on to it. Can I just do that? Yeah. You don't have to pay the taxes. The taxes are, the tax tumor is going to keep growing, but you don't have to deal with the pain yet. Although I would probably deal with the pain because we're in a very low tax environment now. But anyway, nevertheless, so she just puts it off. Let's say out of the blue, uh, and oh, by the way, if a spouse passes away and the other spouse inherits this, you need to change beneficiaries because now you've got to change who's the primary now. You don't leave the contingents the contingents. Now you have to make them the primary or get that updated. There's another good example where people forget to update beneficiaries at the loss of a loved one, okay? But anyway, let's say she dies the next year at 65. Now herein is where the 401k or the IRA gets tricky. The kids, assuming they're the named beneficiaries, let's say they have two children, Johnny and Susie, and let's say they're 50-50 beneficiaries, they'll get that money. Now let's say, Aaron, this was you and your sister, and you received $300,000, $300, yeah, 300, 
and you get 150, she gets 150, and you decide to cash it in. You say, well, that's great. Thanks, Mom and Dad. What happens then? Well, that's going to be added to my income. Yeah. That's going to be added to my annual income. Which so it's is going to be taxed. Taxed, plus it's going to throw you in a higher tax bracket because right. I'm only paying you seven twenty-five an hour. That's here. right. I only get paid in peanuts here. so. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but so you're going to get taxed to death. So instead of getting taxed to death, you can do something called a stretch IRA. The government has tables for this. Now, you will have to take out a minimum distribution, and we can show you how to do this. But if you don't do this planning properly, folks, here's the whole thing. We're talking about game plans. We're talking about more money. What we would say is, why don't you just work smarter with the money you've got? There is no need to be taking all this unnecessary risk. What you need is a retirement planning specialist like Tony Walker Financial that can sit down in person, locally that is. We don't, you know, we have offices in Bowling Green, Louisville, and Lexington. And yes, if you request it, I'll be happy to talk to you by phone or in person. And, and let's just lay out a game plan. There's no cost or obligation. All you got to do to meet is log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com. That's TonyWalkerFinancial.com. So for those of you over in the Lexington, Georgetown area, I will be providing a 401k rollover workshop, how to safeguard your 401k. That's on August 13th at 6 p.m. To register for that workshop, go to TonyWalkerFinancial.com. Can't attend a workshop or have an urgent need and want to meet in person, just go to TonyWalkerFinancial.com and click on that Let's Get Started button. Well, next week on the Worry-Free Retirement, we're going to continue with our Pyramid of Misdirections, tactic number three used by the financial world, more magic. We hope you join us then, but if you can't between now and then, you remember, if all else fails, you be worry-free. If you got it, you don't need it. If you need it, you don't got it. You don't get it, shame on you. Funny, funny, funny what money can do.